continue our uh, refocus series, but instead of hearing from me, uh, Miss Nicole, she's going to come and speak. Someone go ahead and invite her up here. All right, hey, so Nicole, uh, she's been a small group leader for us for uh, a couple years now, uh, and she just recently, we just hired her as our middle school resident, so she's on our staff team now, which is super exciting. Yeah, we can cheer for that. Uh, and so uh, as Nicole speaks tonight, uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to like pay super good attention. Don't act dumb, boys. Boys, all right, don't act crazy on the front row uh, while Nicole's speaking. Listen to her because, uh, guys, she's got a really good message for you tonight, one that's really important and one that I think some of y'all probably struggle with some. Uh, and so I think if you'll listen tonight, God will really speak to you and maybe answer some of the questions that you have. So let's pray for Nicole real quick, and then it's all hers. Uh, God, we're just so thankful for Nicole uh, and just the message and the words that you've given her to speak to these students tonight. Lord, we ask that uh, the words that she speaks, Lord, would be your words, not her own. Lord, I, I just thank you for the love that she has for students, the passion that she has for you. Lord, as she gives this message, Lord, I pray that you'd give her peace, calm any nerves she may, may have, and just speak directly through her to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, also... Nathan, somebody tell me my time because I don't have a screen tonight, so I don't know my timing. So, well, I don't need the immediate time, <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, so tonight, we have been going through this refocused series, right? So who can tell me two weeks ago, Nathan spoke, opened up the series with importance of what? Scripture, exactly. So we talked about the importance of scripture. Um, Nathan dove in and kind of talked to us about what scripture is, why it's important to follow, how do we read scripture, these really important factors that really lay the foundation of our lives. And honestly, that message alone is going to lay the foundation of my whole message as well, because scripture is so important. It is our love letter from God. It is how we hear from him, how we hear his word. So we have the importance of scripture. And also, we have a scripture reading plan going on right now. It's going to go on through the entire year. So if you guys need help, you need advice, you need a way to kind of dive into scripture, um, follow along with us. Every Monday, we release a video kind of giving a plug of what it's going to be like. And then you have five days worth of scripture reading and a challenge of memorizing some scripture. So I challenge you guys to go through that. If you memorize it, the scripture for the week, and then you can come tell Nikki, Nathan, or I, or any of your leaders, there'll be a little prize for you. So we challenge you guys on that. And then last week was the importance of what? Worship. Exactly. Sorry. Um, so we talked about the importance of worship. We had Mark and Maria and Alara up here, which was incredible. Um, that was a huge gift. There's not a lot of chances that we get to be able to come up and hear our worship leaders beyond just them singing. So that was such a gift and so sweet of them to be able to give us their time and do that with us and they taught us that it's not just about worshiping with song but worshiping with our lives as well and i know nathan said it too i'm not a good singer but i can worship in an undignified way and we can all worship in these undignified ways that we can hear the lord 
through the arts that we've been given, through the gifts we've been given, we can worship the Lord in a lot of different ways. So never feel like you can't worship because you can't sing. It's not that at all. So we have this understanding that worship is through recognition and response to God. So we have that. We have worship, then we have scripture. Is that me? Okay. Okay, making sure. So we have worship and we have scripture, and now we're going to kind of dive into the final step of it, and it's this idea that we have an extreme importance of community, that community is all around us, that it's something you can't avoid. No matter what, you are surrounded by community, whether you choose it or not, whether it's at school or not, your sports team, you can't always choose your community, but at the end of the day, the, the community that you do choose needs to be a community of believers and rooted in Christ. So before we dive into anything else deeper, we're going to kind of set the stage here. What is community? What even is the factor of it all? What is community? So, okay, sorry, guys. This is the first time I've ever preached with a screen, so I'm very excited, but also not used to it. So we have this idea of what is community. So we say community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So... Super easily put, community is just those around us, who we spend our time with, who we are engaged with. Again, we can't always choose that surface level of community that we're surrounded by, but what we can choose is to be surrounded by the body of Christ. And that community that we have should be edifying to us. It should lift you up. It should make you feel better when you leave. And it's so funny that this whole idea of community is that I'm standing over on the side, like patiently waiting for Bree to come in the room because Bree is my community. So I'm like a tired baby waiting for her to come in. <laughs> so I have my community. We're good. But so we have this idea of what our community is. At the end of the day, who we surround ourselves with directly impacts the choices that we make. And remember that. You guys have this idea that you're surrounded, like we said, by anybody and everybody. You can't always choose who's driving in the cars next to you, who's in your neighborhood. But the community you do choose is going to directly impact the choices that you make. And at the end of the day, we can look at it. We can see who is Jesus' community, his disciples, right? We, we know the 12 disciples, a lot of times we know a lot of their stories too. They were tired fishermen. They were tax collectors who were the worst of the worst. They were all these people. Jesus even called Paul to come in and be service with him. And when, when Paul was called, he was Saul. And before Jesus touched his heart, he was a persecutor of Christians. He killed Christians. He got paid to kill Christians. He rallied around other people to kill Christians. And yet through the community that he was touched by, through Jesus coming into his life, he was established in such community that he created a whole new church for us to be in now. He wrote part of scripture. He was impacted so much by his community that he went from being one of the sinners of sinners to being the most impactful Christians that we've ever heard from. And that is so important because we need to realize that there is power in good community. Don't underestimate how incredible it is for you guys just to have, oh, I hope I'm surrounded by good people. No, the power of good community is going to impact y'all's lives each and every day and impact y'all's choices. So now we know what community is. That's great. We've established that. So we're going to dive in a little deeper now into the actual scripture side of it. And we're going to look at three ideas of community that we see in scripture specifically. And so first and foremost, when we look at scripture, we see that we are created for community and connection. We see that from the very, very beginning of scripture. 
Genesis 1, 1, 1 through 2. There it is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Circle God for me. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, circle that, was hovering over the waters. So we have God and we have Spirit. Two big things. That's what I want you to focus on in this first passage. This is the very beginning of the Bible. This is where the foundation of Scripture is laid. And we immediately see God has community in the Spirit. He didn't do this on his own. He had the Spirit brought in. You guys have heard of the Trinity. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In this instance, we see God and Spirit immediately set his part in creation alone. And we have this idea, like, we know that God created in community for community. He made us this world so that we could have community. He gave us incredible things like creation and art and music and friends and beautiful things and all the things that you guys love. God gave you all of those things because he wants to be in community with you and he wants you to be reminded of him throughout all of creation. So we see that in the beginning. God in spirit immediately in there as a community. And then in Genesis 1:26 it says that then God said let us make mankind in our circle image in our circle likeliness. Again, he's using a plurality language. It's not just my image in me. It is our our image, our likeness. It's this idea that God immediately sets the stage for us in community. And I don't want you guys to forget that because that is so, so important that he started scripture off with community. And that's why he created us in that idea that he wants us to be in community. We see this as well with an example also with Moses and Aaron. In the Old Testament, Moses was the one, Prince of Egypt, let my people go. And all the locusts came and it was really good and the score was there. I love Prince of Egypt. But Moses was not alone in his ideas. When he was standing in the presence of God, he was standing in the burning bush. God himself was speaking to Moses, and Moses had the audacity to tell God, no, 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 don't send me. I'm not a good speaker. And that was it. He was like, write me off, God. I'm not a good speaker. Let's just move on. Choose somebody else. Even though God had already shown him all the powers and wonders that he was going to bestow upon Moses to make this happen. Instead, what did God do? He gave Moses community. He gave Moses Aaron. He said, go to Aaron. Go to your brother. He has the spiritual gift of speaking, so he can be eloquent for you. While Moses, he said he stuttered, he stumbled over his words. And so he had the signs of God. Aaron had the power of speech that he was able to take and help release the Israelites and free them from bondage, which is so incredible. And we also see in Matthew, it states that as two or more are gathered, God is in the presence. So I don't want you to think that your community has to be this whole room, even though, yes, church is your community. But at the end of the day, your community can be as intimate as one or two people. If, if you and your friend are going on a walk together because you're going through a hard time and you're talking, that's your community. If you and your mom are sitting at a table and doing your homework, you're a community with your mom. It doesn't have to be this great grandiose idea of anything. This specifically says in scripture, if two or more are gathered, I am present. And that is so important. I don't want you guys to think that it has to be something complicated. Community is a gift from God that he wants us to have. And that is so important for us to realize that we need to build on that. And as long as we have that going through, your community is designed to be intimate with you and another person, with a couple group of people that you can grow with. And so we have this idea that who we have been created 
it is an intimate relationship, but who should that relationship be with first? It should be with God. First and foremost, we were designed for community with God. That is where all of your communities need to start. That is where all of everything, all your thoughts, all your minds, we talked about scripture and how we are rooted in the word of Christ. We have worship. We worship the Lord. We have God at the center of our communities, and that is where our communities then can flourish and grow with that foundation that we have with our community with God. And he uses a lot of familiar language inside the Bible. He talks about us being his beloved, which is amazing. That is a very... It is humbling, the term of beloved. I don't want you guys to miss that side of it. We are his beloved. We are his people. We are his children. We are his family. God created us to be in connection with him so intimately. And you wouldn't just walk up in the aisle of King Supers and turn to the cashier and be like, my beloved, thank you for my strawberries today. That's not how that works. Sure, you can. I would love for you guys to be bold in that, in that way, but that's kind of weird. We don't just walk around telling everybody we know we love them. Who do you tell you love? You love your family. You love your friends. You love a lot of your teammates. Who do you love? And when you think about that, that's a challenge for you guys. Think about who do I love, and that's going to show you who your community is. And that might be kind of a hard thing because who you love might not be the right community. I loved a lot of people for a long time. That was not a great community for me to surround myself with. So challenge yourself. Think tonight, who do I love? If I had to, and you boys too, not just the girls. I want to challenge the boys especially. Think intimately, like, who do I love? You love your parents. You love your siblings. Yes, you love your friends right here. I love that. I want you guys to, and tell your friends that. That's a huge thing too. Like, when's the last time you looked at your friend and you're like, I love you. Turn to your friend. Tell them that. Oh, just now. See? Lucas. I love, see, that is the sound of joy. This is what we want. We want to hear this type of joy, of love. The Lord is happy with this level of joy, right? All right, bring it back. Bring the love in. What? So, we have... We ha- I love my family. I love my friends. I love Bree and Elizabeth. I love Nathan. I love Nikki. I love Molly. I love all of my small group leaders. I love all of you guys. Yeah, of course. Thank you. See? And that's something that I want you guys to know, too, that the love you have for each other is powerful. It's the same way that the love that the Lord has for us is powerful. The love that we have for each other is powerful. You guys know the verse in the Bible where it talks about the cord of three strands is not easily broken. If it's just one of you, you can probably be toppled down. But if there's a community of believers built together, that is so much more powerful. And it's harder for the devil to attack you and to pull you in with different sins. So we know that God has a desire for a personal relationship with you specifically. And you grow in that relationship through scripture and through worship, just like we've talked about this whole time up into this. So God desires this personal relationship, relationship with you. But also, we were designed specifically to have communities with others. So this is where the rest of it kind of comes in. We have a relationship with God. We need to have this relationship with others as well. That's where the community side here on earth comes in. And so it's really important we see in Genesis 2.8, again, right at the beginning of Scripture, God created Adam. Adam had Eve. Perfect. 
immediate community between Adam and Eve. God saw that there was a need, and he filled it. And as long as we have that kind of community with us, we know that we can thrive. But also, you guys need to know that you need to choose your community wisely. That's my big, big charge to you guys tonight. Choose your community wisely. We can think a lot in movies and different things to where we see in Harry Potter. We walk up, first day of school, he arrives, and Draco Malfoy swaggers up to him with his greasy hair and reaches out his tiny little pale hands and is all like, be careful who you surround yourselves with, right? And Harry was like, I think I can choose that for myself and went over to Ron and Hermione, right? That's okay. But what if he would have gone over to Draco? What if he was a Slytherin? Still, but truly, like, think about that kind of big thing. Or we can bring it back to a little G-rated. Think about Finding Nemo. How would Marlin have ever found his son if he didn't have Dory? Dory encouraged him to keep swimming. Dory was able to read so they could escape the sharks. They knew the location of where Nemo even was. Without that relationship, he never would have found his son, right? So we have this idea of we need to choose our community wisely. You guys can probably see that a lot with your friends as well, that you can see a good friend start choosing the wrong community, and slowly yet surely they start to go down the wrong path. So we need to kind of have this biblical community checklist I wrote for you guys here. This idea of how do we know if our friends are doing something good for us? Are they edifying us? Are they encouraging us? So we ask ourselves, are our friends rooted in Christ? Do they have an idea? Do they have a love for Christ? First and foremost, that is huge. And it doesn't have to be this perfect, profound love for Christ where they can recite the whole Bible and all these things. No, like, do they just have a desire to grow and know more and dig those roots deeper? We also ask ourselves, do they have the fruits of the Spirit? Are they filled? Are they joyful? Are they kind? Are they merciful? Do they bring you joy? Are they merciful to you? These are huge aspects that I want you guys to think to yourselves. Like, do my friends have the qualities of the fruits of the Spirit? Also, are they accountable? Do they keep you accountable? If they see you kind of wandering away from Scripture, do they keep you accountable? And that's hard. That's a hard thing, and it kind of can put tension inside relationships, inside community. If one of your friends comes up to you and is like, hey, I see that I, you kind of are cursing a lot recently. And I know a lot of your friends on the soccer team curse a lot, so do you think it's because of that? Like, what can we do? And that can be really awkward. So I challenge you guys, like, if your friends are bold enough to be accountable with you and to be honest with you, don't dismiss them. Don't just, like, push them aside and be like, no, 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 it's fine, I'm fine, we're fine. No, really take what they say to heart because they are coming to you with love. But also make sure that when you're holding your friends accountable, that you're coming to them with love as well. And then finally, are they uplifting? It's pretty simple. When you leave your time with your friends, do you feel uplifted? Do you feel that you are walking a little taller, that you feel like you've been encouraged and edified through that relationship? If not, then maybe it's time to kind of take a step back and reevaluate your community a little bit here. And finally, let's talk about solidifying that community. So we know that we need to have this great community. We need to choose it wisely. But now we need to solidify it. 
Because what happens with you guys if you practice, I don't know, volleyball every day? You're on your team. You're practicing. You're going for it. You are doing your drills. You've got it down. And then you don't do it again for eight months. And then you come back and your coach is like, all right, do it again. And you can't. If you don't continually solidify that community, if you don't continually practice and put effort into it, if you don't pray for your community, if you don't put that effort into it, it's going to fizzle away. And it doesn't feel very good, right, if you are constantly the one reaching out to your friends. It's draining. It kind of is that, that idea that you're constantly pouring your cup out. But if you aren't being poured into by your friends, it's hard and it feels draining. So make sure you're praying for your community. You're filling your community up so that when they fill you up, you can then edify and build each other up in that way. And in James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The power of prayer is righteous. Sorry, the power, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that's kind of a scary verse. It says, confess your sins. Lay it all out on the table. These are my sins. These are my greatest weaknesses. That's a really scary thing. But also, it can be super empowering in the way that when you confess your sins, you can then pray for each other. Like, it's hard to have this generic prayer for each other. But if you can be like, I am really struggling with my identity right now. Like, I just don't really feel like I know who I am. Then that means your friends, your community, your leaders can pray for you by name. And they can pray for your specific thing that you are feeling weak in, and that's powerful. It says that it is powerful. And so we kind of go through this idea that we need to solidify our community specifically in church, which you guys are doing right now. This is huge. Perfect. So you are solidifying your, your community in church specifically. And we have four ways that we can do that, four specific ways to solidify your community in church. We can attend. Check. You guys are all here. I'm proud of you guys. But attend regularly. Don't just come and go. We want you guys here. We love you. We miss you when you're not here. Your small group leaders miss you when you're not here. So attend regularly. And then engage. Don't just show up to small group, but pour into your small group. Because you want your friends to pour into you, so you need to pour into small group as well. Be honest. Be open. Be vulnerable. That's what we're here for, and we want to pray for you in that way. Also, you can serve. And I know that's hard. A lot of you guys feel like, oh, I, don't, I can't serve on Sundays, or I don't know how to serve. I don't know. But you guys all have gifts. A lot of times your gift can be like Malia, who takes pictures for us a lot of times. She's not going to be the one that's up on stage necessarily. But what she's doing is she knows that she has the gift and passion for taking pictures. So she was like, can I take pictures for you guys? And now we have an amazing photographer who helps take pictures for us. There's a lot of times that God has given you these gifts, these different things, ways that you can worship him like we talked last week is a way that you can also serve him. And that can be as simple as prayer. Pray for your leaders. Pray for Nathan. Pray for Nikki. Pray for the staff here at church who is leading you guys in the scripture, in the word, because that is huge and it is so important. And finally, we invite others. Just like Nathan said, we have friend day coming up, and that is huge. It's important. It's a really easy way for you to say, hey, we have friend day at church. Do you want to join me? Right? We have another location of journey opening up, which is incredible. And so you guys can use these things to invite other people. Invite them to midweek. And that is so important because there's a difference between just being friendly with somebody but actually being friends and having a community with them. So that's kind of how we want to look at it. 
I want to challenge you guys to, yes, invite your friends, bring them here, but to not leave it there. Don't just invite them and leave. Really pour into your friends. Extend that invitation, but go the next step further and make sure that it is a relationship that lasts. Don't just participate, but really build that community. Pour into your friends. Be kind. Be generous. Be the friend that you want to see in other people. You know the term that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? That's very real. And you can ask any adult in this room how real that is. And I can tell you, too, that I spent the first 20-something years of my life with a not-great community. I tried. I had a couple people that were good, but we came and went, and it wasn't as solidified, and I wasn't comfortable feeling baptized. I've been a Christian since I was five years old, and yet at the same time, I felt like I never could be baptized in that way, and I didn't feel comfortable until a couple months ago when I realized I've had this incredible community here at Journey that I've built. I have a small group here that pours into me, that loves me and my husband and my kids, And then I was like, this is it. God has given me this gift, and it's time for me to then profess my faith in a public setting for me to do that. So I challenge you guys, is your faith important enough? Is God important enough for you to choose your friends wisely and for you to maybe choose other people less? Is is God important enough for you to worship him? Is God important enough for you to read scripture? And that is huge, and that's kind of hard to think. Look into your heart. Is God important enough to you? So our final big takeaway is the stronger the connection we have with God, the stronger our community for God can be. The stronger our connection with God through scripture, through worship, through our friends, through the way that we pour our heart into others, the stronger our community for God can be, the stronger that foundation for God can be if our community is strong, but if God is the foundation and the forefront of that community. So don't lose sight of this refocus series. We miss you guys next week. But I challenge you, go through the scripture reading plan with us. Keep learning. Keep growing with us. Remember scripture, prayer, worship, and community. These are huge aspects that we want to pour into you guys and that we want to love you with and walk through life with you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we are here together as a community, that you have established this tonight that you can come and touch each and every one of these students and leaders' hearts, Lord, that they can come closer to you because of this incredible community that you've established here at Journey. Lord, we love you. We love you. We pray deeply that we can continually love you and glorify you with our actions through reading scripture, through worshiping undignified to you, Lord, and building our community stronger with you. Lord, help these students, continually pour into them, touch them, keep them safe, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand and worship again.
Thank you.